You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Cracking the code on how you can optimize, personalize, and monetize your app marketing and mobile growth efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by Peggy Ann Saltz. Peggy, a top 30 mobile marketing influencer, nine-time author, and content strategist, brings you her pick of tech, trends, guests, and cool stuff to help you drive growth and create deep connections with your customers. Now, prepare to get motivated and activated with our host. Hey, hello, and welcome to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Group, where I plan, produce, and promote content that allows my clients to reach performance goals and scale growth. And of course, that's what it's all about. You want to grow your app. You want to grow your audience. You want to boost those results. But if you're not a data-driven marketer, you are going to miss the mark, not hit it. So it's all about the data. But what do you do? I mean, where do you start? What do you do if you have a small team? How do you automate? Where do you automate? These are critical questions, and that's why we have Lior Barak. He is the head, the, 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 the brains behind, I would say, Tale About Data. Um, Lior, it's great to have you on Mobile Presence. Great to have you on the show again. Hi, Peggy. Happy to be. Really honored to be again and talk to you. Well, it's great to have you. I wanted to point out that, um, you know, full disclosure, I bring a lot of the guests on the show because I've seen them out there in the wild, you know, some sort of conference, some sort of presentation that left an impression. And that's the case with you as well, Lior. I mean, I know about you, but our audience doesn't. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your track record? Because you're one of those people in data who's seen it from both sides. So, yeah, uh, I actually, in the past uh, three years, was working for Zalando and still working. So I'm now on parental leave, actually, uh, which ends very soon. And at Zalando, basically what I done, I started in the data uh, department for the marketing. Uh, and we done the entire conversion from the old manual school processes that we had 
for downloading the data from our different uh, attribution partners and from our ad partners. I will get in cost uh, in an easier way. And we basically done the entire digital transformation of the department uh, from Excel to set of the art visualization tool. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in later stage, I joined the personalization uh, marketing department, which basically there I was uh, leading the project of uh, automating the Google ads. And this is basically my connection from data and development and marketing knowledge altogether arrived to this moment when I needed to build a product that we can actually start using. And a little bit of background for our listeners in the States where I'm from originally. I'm based here in Europe. That's why I bring such eclectic, interesting guests to the show. Zolando, you could, I think, get away with saying it is the Amazon of Europe so that people understand you have been um, in the major leagues. Yes, it is. It's one of the biggest, basically it's the biggest e-commerce in Europe mm -hmm. and it's one of the biggest internet companies in Europe, definitely. So you bring that with you to tell about data or I'll say tell about data because we say data and you say data. That's what makes it so, <laughs> so sweet when we get together, Lior. But, um, it is a consultancy, but it's also really sort of hands-on. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what Tale About Data is? So Tale About Data is a company that's helping organization to do the digital transformation and start doing automation. Uh, we're helping basically the organization to, first of all, to understand how they should handle data and what data should they collect and what not and how they need to build it. So there is an entire theory that uh, I developed in the past years when I worked with different organizations, which allow me today to understand basically that there should be a more structure and more flow in the way that we're actually dealing with data. Uh, and if we, we dive already inside it, so we can say that many organizations that we're arriving into, having some kind of a database or having a little bit of data that they already started using but they're not leveraging it to the right way. And when we're arriving in, we together with our tools, we help them on the one side to understand the data. And on the other side, we're doing the development for them also for some tools. Uh, and we're allowing them basically to download the data, to aggregate it, to understand what data they need to see and how to visualize it. And also to receive it at the end of the day in an easy to read reporting that will drive actions because when we're talking about data-driven, I think that data-driven is not only to have the data, it's also to make the right decision in an easy way when you have the data there. So, you know, we talk about exactly that. You have to know the data, you have to visualize it. Am I to understand that, and, and, and I'm just gonna be blunt here, cause there's, you know, it's like Excel, you, you like it or you hate it, right? And, um, I'm just wondering what camp you belong in because there's a lot of people who you know, point out that Excel um, can miss data, um, can do things to it, but a lot of people are still in Excel. I'm not gonna say where I am, but you know, is it one of those things where we should be in Excel or should we be elsewhere? You should not be in Excel. Okay, uh, so you're an anti-Excel person. I'm completely anti-Excel. <laughs> My my the, in at Zalando I was known for my uh, zero Excel processes, so I'm not allowing people <laughs> to use Excel. So how do you get people away from that? Because it is a habit. I mean, I absolutely agree. It is the worst way to visualize the data because you're going to make mistakes, 
And there are tons of stories, you know, even like companies, airlines that the stock went down because, uh, you know, there was a there was a blip somewhere in that sheet. And, you know, it means a lot. So it's not effective. Um, but how do you get people off of it? Because that's the first step to automation. So the first uh, first step is actually to understand what people are actually doing with their data. Mm -hmm. uh, and what is their end goal when they started working with an Excel sheet? Uh, we had a lot of conversations always of, okay, how many actually KPIs do you need to have to make a decision? Do you actually need this entire Excel sheet with 50 KPIs? Really, it's really, it's really going to help you to having it in a pivot and then visualize it in some table. And we found out the answer is not. Mm -hmm. And the answer is that people usually using at the end of the day, two to three KPIs. And if they're using more than that, they're very inefficient in the way they're working because it means they're spending a lot, a lot of time on processing data that's not really helping them or supporting them in making decisions. And this is our, this is my approach. Usually it's to come with my visualization tool. Uh, uh, and whatever I'm using, it doesn't matter, uh, and visualize it in a very easy way for people to, from the first look, and say, okay, what are the actions they need to make? So how does that work? You go into your client and you understand, look, you're looking at this data, you want to achieve these objectives, you're looking at this, you, you, know, you need to report this often. Is it that type of a checklist discussion, or is there more of a, um, a standard approach that gets you from there into understanding, okay, what do I need to actually do, you know, and how to improve it, which that brings us to, of course, automation. So I guess the question is, you know, how much of this is truly individual and how much could people sort of maybe do even in prep before they interact with you or someone like you? So before they interact with me, I think it will make sense to at least understand what are the data sources they have. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when I'm arriving, there is a process that we're working through and it's starting with a data discovery workshop, which basically we're starting with asking the questions. Okay, what questions do people have? Do they want to know how many insoles did they had uh, in day X? Are they interested in the ROI or are they actually questioning uh, using Google Firebase as their attribution tool? And we're raising all these questions at the beginning, and we're starting from there to to subject to create subject groups for that. So part of it going to be KPIs, part of it going to be dimensions that they need to have, part of it going to be basically general questions like, okay, Firebase, is it the right tool for me or not? Mo mostly the answer is not, but <laughs> we're still allowing people to raise these questions. So what we're doing is we actually. Instead of going against people, we we binding them into a conversation, rising the points, we explaining to them why they should have less KPIs and less information, and we letting them make the decision, and we telling them that we're willing to do it, or they need to will to do it for three months. Uh, after three months, we can rethink about it. Mm -hmm. But I think that after three months, most people are going to adopt this approach because it's quite easy and simple. And just to be very clear, um, in a nutshell, this is about first starting out that data discovery workshop. Um, this is about understanding what they might think they already know. Is it is it surprising in a, in a nutshell? Do people say, oh, I thought I knew what I was looking for, and now I'm talking with you, Lior, and I know that I wasn't looking in the right place or I wasn't approaching this correctly at all? 
So I was, I was a couple of weeks ago in an organization uh, that I was sitting with them in this discovery workshop and they had a completely wrong view about how they actually optimize in campaigns. They used to go by a CPM. Mm-hmm. And then when we were sitting in the workshop, I asked them, why don't you go for ROI? Or why don't you go for a campaign scoring? So you're creating certain KPIs that are going to drive your campaign scoring based on if you can do the optimization. And this is sometimes when I'm coming into organization and I actually changing the way they're looking at stuff because they didn't think about it before. And when I'm coming into organization, I'm, I'm telling them always, don't think as humans, think as machine. <laughs> if a machine needs to make a, make a decision, it can create a lot of calculations, but at the end of the day, the machine going to have one number and no feelings. And it's like the same that. thing as we need to think. I like that because that is so true. We get sort of attached to our data models the same way as we got attached to our spreadsheets. It's old habits to break. We do have to go to break right now ourselves. But when we come back, we'll talk more about, you know, once you have done it, once you have, you know, given up um, your old habits and accept the new, more efficient, effective ones, what do you automate first and how and how do you deal with those challenges? So loads of reasons to stay where you are. We'll be right back after the break. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Dentica, Taya Obrecht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. And we're back to Mobile Presence. I'm Peggy Ann Saltz, and we have Leo Varak. He is the head of Tale About Data. I call you the head and sort of the brains behind it, but I think founder is a better way to put it. Correct, Leo? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a co-founder with me, but I'm the founder, yeah. Okay, founder. All right, so um, we know what you do at your company. First, it's a discovery process, figuring out, okay, this is the data that you really are looking at, even if you yourself don't know it. So once you've narrowed it down, I would imagine another big part of the process is to figure out what can you automate and how, because that's what it's all about. That's where we're hearing um, that effectiveness is, you know, the efficiency. How can you drive automation? But what are you seeing are the proof points of this? I mean, I read a lot of articles and it's all about how marketing automation is where it is. It saves time. It allows you to do more, um, do things more effectively, free up teams to be more creative. But how are you promoting the, the, the reasons to drive automation, first of all? So as I see it, automation is not to replace people, mm-hmm. but it's it making their job much easier. Uh, when we talking with companies, mostly we found out that the biggest pinpoint for them is in creating new campaigns. Uh, they are challenged by that because the team is not big enough to manage to do it. And this is where automation can come into the picture. And the same thing goes when uh, we're coming into bids, which also taking a huge chunk of their day and the data processing which everybody complains that on a daily basis, they're spending between uh, 30% to 45% of the time on processing their data. Wow. And it's a lot of time that being taken out of a, a campaign manager that his job is actually to go and create new campaigns. But then when we're looking at automation, automation actually should make it much more simple for the campaign manager because his job is becoming, instead of creating thousands of campaigns or tens of them because he doesn't have enough time it's to become the challenger of the system Uh, when i look at automation automation is some kind of a baseline the automation of today does not have the sufficient uh, power to replace a human being completely some will tell you yeah we can do it and we can do it perfectly fine but this is not the truth. The truth is that we are way, way behind where we're supposed to be right now with automation. But we're getting close to this point that a lot of campaign managers that enjoy today from a very uh, pragmatic work, let's call it, they're not going to be existing anymore because they're not going to be a need for them. And this is where we're going with automation. So what we're trying to do is to first identify what are the major time spenders uh, for the organization. And it's really usually coming to campaign creation, which in campaign creation, when I'm talking about it, it's 
to generate these creatives. It's to set audiences. It's to upload it to the different partners that are existing out there, which we have many today, right? So we have the duopole of Facebook and Google, and this one can be automated quite easy. And then it's going to free the campaign manager to go and do campaigns on Snapchat or to do campaigns on TikTok. And they, they have more free time to actually challenge the system and show it that there are better ways to work with stuff. Makes perfect sense because that's very, first of all, it's a big time suck, as you pointed out. And everyone is telling me that, yes, you have to do your Facebook and your Google, absolutely. But everyone is excited about the other opportunities. Well, how can you get in on the other opportunities and check out the other channels and experiment if you spend all your time you know, doing the same old, same old? Exactly. You talk about the challenges to this. Is it is it a money? Is it a mindset? Why aren't we as far along in automation as we could or should be? Because many of the tools are there, and we've got people like you to help us put it together. So what's the holdup? The mindset on the one side that people not yet accepting the fact because they're afraid to lose their job. Mm-hmm. And then this is this is thing that I'm seeing with many of my clients when I'm arriving and I'm starting talking about it. I see the tick in their eye when I'm starting <laughs> to talk about automation and basically changing and everybody's starting to question, okay, what does it mean? Does it mean I'm going to have a job tomorrow? And of course you're going to have a job, but you will need to adapt it and you need to change it. Uh, and this is also from the structure of the team, which today marketing departments mostly are based on business people uh, with no tech experience. And if they have tech experience, it's very low. And this is something that we need to encourage more and more of the marketing department to become more techy rather than keep the soft skills that they have today. Would they also not benefit in a way? You know, I mean, I think if I have someone really smart, I imagine it this way because I'm not a marketing person. I do a lot in the industry, but I don't do this daily. And I imagine that if I have something sort of a smart assistant, you know, sort of tapping me on the shoulder and doing things for me and pointing out, you know, well, I can automate this campaign and I can do this with that bid. You know, doesn't that free me as a marketing non-techie person to be doing more of what was marketing was about in the first place? I mean, I'm not staying techie and geeky. I'm merely adapting to those skills so I can do what I wanted to do in the first place. Isn't that right? Exactly. So as I see it in, in the future of marketing department, we should have two positions, basically. One, which will be the controller. Uh, and this is more techie people. They have the experience from the marketing and they can talk to tech people and actually create and maintain the machines. And then on the other side, we should have people that will be the challengers, which are more creative and more free thinkers mm-hmm. that will go and actually try to prove that the system can work much better. And this for them will be the old school marketing, just freeing them from working with tons of campaigns and tons of partners but more focusing on, okay, now I have a budget. And this is something that I also find in many of the organizations when I arrive into. There is no set budget for testing. The budget is usually mixed between uh, the general marketing spendings and the testing, they're all sitting under one account. And it shouldn't be like that. It's actually, this is another another set of mind that I think need to be changed in a lot of marketing departments they need to do a separation between a budget for our day-to-day spendings and a testing budget, which basically will be focused and allowing the the campaign managers to free themselves and actually do some testing, spend some money without any outcome to it, but just to try and see if they can actually prove that things can be better. 
Mm-hmm. And that also makes sense because that's that search for those amazing channels, you know, that low hanging fruit. People talk about Quora, they talk about Reddit, you mentioned TikTok and others, Snapchat, you know, to get your head around how that works, you have to experiment. But the payoff could be quite large and significant because you're in a place where not everyone is. Everyone is over in Facebook. Everyone is in Google AdWords. They have to be. We all have to be. But the question is, can't you be elsewhere where maybe less competition, therefore higher return on uh, you know, your spend as well as your experimentation? How are you working with your clients? You've been in business now with um, your company, I believe, about two years. Two years? Yep. Yeah. Yeah? How, how, can you tell me about... Uh, a client you might have taken from good to great and how that went? So we took several of them. Uh, we have now a great client that we basically started with them. They didn't even have any paid acquisition in an organized way, let's say that. Uh, and their vision was that they don't want to hire any marketing people at all. They want to have everything automated in the machine. We didn't have enough uh, resources at this point and they prefer to invest it in automation. And this is uh, something that we took them, uh, it took us, I can say, around nine months to 12 months, more or less, to have a stabilized system. We started by collecting the information, collecting data, understanding uh, what's going on with this, uh, with the processes. What do they think is important? So we talked to product guys, we talked to developers. They didn't have any marketing person at all on board. They didn't even know how to market their uh, a product. And the first thing we done was hiring somebody that's actually going to do it as an external. Mm-hmm. Uh, we brought them a designer that helped them to design their uh, ads and everything, uh, which is less of our effect because we are not uh, focusing on the marketing specifically. We're more, we're more measuring the impact of stuff and we're creating best in it automation. And we have them to set up campaigns to start running it, to let the system learn what actually works and what not. And taking this information from the designer, uh, so all the metadata that he had, and then we started to automate it inside the system. What they have today is basically, it's a completely automated system that's creating all the campaigns, all the creatives and everything almost automatically. And every a month, they're taking a, a designer in-house, again, the, the, the freelancer designer that we had for them. He works for several hours, to creating some new designs for them, some new things to test, and we just run it with the system. Uh, and this is, I think, how it should be. But we need to understand also that this is very static, right? So the machine won't be able to completely do it. But if we're looking at the future of Facebook and Google very soon, which will be very easy to automate uh, the Facebook and Google ads, but the problem is with the high costs. And then what we do is for them, we've set up Google and Facebook, they both are running as they should. And then we're allowing uh, them to explore other uh, opportunities with basically freelancers that they're hiring. Mm-hmm. That sounds very interesting because of course, what you're also doing is you know, you've got a sort of a fluid flow you have external people you have internal people it sounds as if it might even be good news in automation for small teams that can't really afford to be big teams full-time but they can um you know orchestrate those talents um you know external 
um, and bring that into internal results. So there's a lot of possibilities there. I want to get into that and maybe some best practices from you, Lior, about how small companies can be bigger with the help of automation. But right now we do have to go to break. So these are some of the topics we will be covering in just a few seconds. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. And welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove, and we have Lior Barak. He is the founder of Tale About Data. And Lior, up until this point, you've been telling us, you know, first of all, we need to automate. Why do we need to do this? How can we do this? What are some of the benefits? So let's just imagine that the audience is like, yep, that's it. I give up my Excel starting tomorrow. I'm going to get on this bandwagon because it is extremely important and popular. And one of the top topics I'm seeing at conferences everywhere is marketing automation. What is the new marketer in the future going to be like? All that, let's say they buy into it. What is the top tip, let's let's say three top tips, three things they need to take back to the office right now to get started. Let's start with number one. What is it? So number one would be data. And then okay. here they more than welcome to contact me and I will be happy to come and A, have them to do the discovery workshop so they can actually understand how to work with data. Mm-hmm. And B, actually we constructed in the last couple of weeks a very cool tool that uh, in a very easy process, they can deploy it on their server and it's going to download data for them. It's going to aggregate it for them. It's going to correct it. So it's making sure that actually the right data is arriving. It's hmm. QAing the data. And I think this is fr- the, the most important part. If you don't have the right base for data, you will never be able to do automation. 
So this is my number one point to do. Mm -hmm. Then the second point that they need to do is to start thinking as machines, as we said. So they need to actually drill down and decide which KPI is the really most important. So what is the golden event for their organization that will actually allow them to steer a campaign and decide if it's a good one or a bad one. This will be the second most important thing that they will need to do in the process. Okay. And then the third one will be to decide what is more important for them. Is it campaign bidding optimization or is it campaign creation? And then they will need to figure out uh, how they're getting the engineers. And here again, I can come and help them or they can do it themselves by basically researching a little bit in the internet, APIs existing out there, and they can start to deploy it and start using it. The tool you mentioned, that's interesting. I had no idea about that. That's something that you have built yourself. That's your own IP? Yep, exactly. It's our own construction from zero to 100. And what this is personal learnings from a lot of companies that we're meeting that there is an issue in the data processing because BI is not sitting under marketing and go fight with the data engineer and explain to him why Facebook API data is very important for you. And he doesn't even understand what it means having a data for mm -hmm. marketing. And we decided that we're going to develop some tool that we can actually deploy it on any AWS account. Uh, in less than uh, 48 hours, people can start basically using it. Right now, we're having kind of a soft launch for that. Uh, and we're allowing users to give us a lot of feedback so we can uh, deal with it. And what it does is basically it's taking all the information uh, from the attribution tool to the uh, APIs from ad partners, combining it together into one database. And then with a Tableau, we visualize it. So they're actually receiving all the data they need to start making decisions in a quite easy way. And As you mentioned, it's like a discovery process that's really, really important because a lot of companies don't know what they're looking at, don't think they're collecting the right data to do what they're doing, but often it is not the case. It's something that like somebody's been collecting it and it's just there, maybe not even proper data hygiene. So, you know, I can't overemphasize the importance of that discovery process. It's interesting that you uh, have your own tool for that. How would our listeners find out more about that you say it's in the soft launch as you mentioned how would they find out more about that or maybe even just keep up with you you know after the show um, they have questions or they might want to uh, find out more about your services what's the best way to find out so about they, the tool and about you they can contact me uh, directly I'm always happy to talk to people and explain to them how it works uh, I can also share with you the link okay uh, we'll put that in the show notes the absolutely I'll put that there and then, uh, yeah, basically contact me and then we can take it from there and I can help people. So the, the idea of it is that we had a lot of learnings in the past years uh, and we're taking these learnings into action tools. So helping organization to actually construct the data in the right way. This is the most important part of it. Okay. And as I said, we will have those in the show notes and it's tale about data or tale about data. So tale as in story, taleaboutdata.com. We'll have all of those in the show notes for you. And Lior, we might have you back again, Lior, if you're open to it, maybe you'll come back. Um, uh, you know, I would think the best time to come back would be after the soft launch and you're fully out there 
in the wild with your tool and maybe a couple of case studies to share? What do you think about that? Yeah, we'd be happy to do so. Of Great. course. Excellent. And friends, if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy at MobileGroove. MobileGroove.com is also where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services and more about the show. Uh, of course, this is a wrap of yet another episode of Mobile Presence. We've come to that time again, but you can check out this and all earlier episodes of our show by going to webmasterradio.fm or you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. We'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.